All right, let's get into the Word of God this morning. Two portions of Scripture that I want to lean in on. I'm going to ask you to stand if you're able to. If not, that's okay. Uh, But stand in honor to the reading of the Word of God. Uh, Looking at Proverbs uh, chapter 29, verse 2, and then Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Both texts are going to be up on the screen, so you can follow along that way or with whatever translation you are reading this morning. Uh, The Word of God says in Proverbs 29.2, When the righteous are in authority, when the righteous are in authority, that the people rejoice, but when a wicked man rules, the people groan. One more time. When the righteous are in authority, the people do what? But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. It also says in Romans 13.1, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from who? God. God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. So let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray, Lord, that as we get into it this morning, that you would open our hearts and our minds. Uh, Lord, you've given us some some responsibilities and some things to do uh, as you have given us the earth to steward over. Uh, We know, Lord, that the earth is yours and the fullness thereof. But while we are here on earth, uh, you have allowed us to live here. You have allowed us to to do things here in your name. And I pray, God, uh, that what we say and what we do lines up with what you've called us to do. Uh, So, Lord, help us to see, help us to act, help us to move. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. So as American citizens, every year during the month of November, we are blessed to celebrate uh, Thanksgiving. Anybody like Thanksgiving, love Thanksgiving? Uh, Looking forward to uh, the food, all of the food, and maybe a little bit more of the food, right? So aside from the delicious foods uh, that we enjoy on this holiday, as followers of Christ, I love it that we can devote some time this month Uh, the month of November, giving thanks to God for his many blessings. Some of you are already doing it. You're on social media doing kind of your 30 days of Thanksgiving. Uh, You're posting some of that. And so that's a a glory to God that you can say thank you to God for whatever uh, he's doing in your life. And we always hope that it goes beyond the 30 days, but at least you're doing it. Amen. You're you're a part of that. And see, part of those blessings, uh, whether you realize it or not, are, are directly tied to the fact that this morning you and I live in the greatest nation on planet earth. We live in the greatest nation on planet earth. And I believe that the rights and freedoms that we enjoy as Americans are blessings from God. Amen. In fact, the Declaration of Independence says that those blessings come from our creator. And then it goes on to name life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness among the many blessings that you and I can enjoy. And listen, that same declaration It goes on to say that governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers. So they get their powers from the consent of the governed. And in America, I believe that consent comes from responsible citizens who everywhere all over America actually vote because my faith votes. Listen, I know that most of us are tired, absolutely tired of all of the political ads and all the smear campaigns. Anybody else out there tired of seeing uh, all of that go on? It's all over the media right now. Every time you turn, maybe it's even in your mailboxes. Some of you get some mail, uh, some junk mail in your mailboxes. Uh, I know I am. If ever, but if ever there was a time that followers of Jesus Christ needed to be informed and engaged, I believe it is right now right now, this very hour. 
See, whether you realize it or not, we are living in the final hours before the return of Jesus Christ. And when he returns, I believe that we should be a church that is standing for righteousness here, at home, and in the public square. And so we are ambassadors of Christ, right? And so every couple of years, I preach on my faith votes. It's not very popular. I know I probably won't get a lot of amens. And in fact, some of you are probably sitting here this morning and you're a little nervous because pastor is venturing into politics a little bit. And, you know, I don't like that. I don't want you to go there. But I believe that the Bible has some things to say for us to develop a standard as we look to representing Jesus, not only at home, in the world, but in the voting booths this Tuesday. See, prayer is one of the most important things that we can do for our, for our nation during this time. Prayer is. See, the Bible says that in 1 Timothy 2, uh, verses 1 and 2, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Would you say all people? Pray for all people, ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Sometimes it's hard to give thanks for some people that we pray for. Shake your head, nod your head. It's hard to pray for some people. Don't point at anybody this morning. It also says to pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. Listen, I know how it goes. Uh, we all have different points of views. We look at things differently in our world. And so sometimes when our person gets elected, when our person is in authority, it's easy to pray. It's easy. You're like, all right, I can, I can do this. But when the very person you did not want in office is there and you get to hear their policies and your life is affected by their policies, it might not be so easy to pray. And so... We, we have to say, help me, Jesus, right? Help me, Jesus. I know we're supposed to pray. We're supposed to pray for our kings, for our leaders, all in authority so that we can live peaceful, quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. And so the Apostle Paul, he really exhorts us in this passage to pray for all of our government, government leaders, not just to pray for a specific political outcome. Because I know we do that, right? We want our person to win. We want our side to win, and so we pray for that. But I'm talking about what the Scripture says here is to pray for the person, that individual as a person, as people. As we prepare to make a difference in our world by examining the issues this, this upcoming week and the stances of all our candidates, I hope that you will consider what they stand for in light of Scripture. Some of you might say, well, that's easy. The, the ads tell us everything we need to know. No, be very careful. The ads can be deceiving. Guess what? If you don't know by now, some of the ads can be lies. And so it is very difficult to kind of maneuver through that and kind of, uh, you know, it's like, okay, what do you believe? What do you not believe? You have to do your homework, but it's a responsibility that you and I have. Sadly, most people don't do that. They don't look into candidates. A recent study shows that nearly two-thirds of Americans say their faith has very little to do with who they are voting for. Two, uh, yes, I agree. That was good timing. You, did you guys? That was good timing. Two-thirds of Americans say that their faith has very little to do with their voting decisions. I, I think that's crazy. I, I think that's, that's insane. And so this morning... 
If you call yourself a Christian, you're a Christian except for when it's time to vote. And, and you believe the Bible, what the Bible says, except on election day. How exactly does that work? How exactly do you turn it on and turn it off that way? Listen, instead, most people cast their votes based on what they think will be best for them or for their families. Like, which candidate is going to protect my social security? Which candidate promises the most tax cuts, the most health care benefits, or a college loan forgiveness program? Let me know who that is. I want to vote for them. That's no way for a Christian to vote. That's no way for a Christian. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. See, the Bible, it has a lot to say about the issues that divide our nation. And Christians, you and I, we have a great responsibility to be salt and light in order to uphold biblical values every single chance we get. And that is why my faith votes. It's important uh, for us to prepare to know the issues, to, to know exactly what the Bible has to say about them. Find out where the candidates stand and prayerfully consider who best lines up uh, to our biblical values. And hopefully you will not wait until Tuesday morning. So I'm, I'm giving you notice. If you have no idea who you're voting for, you need to start now. You're kind of behind the eight ball. You have to go after it. You have to know what people stand for so that when you go into that booth, you can be informed. You can know what you're casting a ballot for. Listen, there are other ways you can participate in government too. Maybe you know some people who, who help, have helped with voter registrations, uh, who respectfully comment on legislation or public policy. They speak out on moral and social issues. Again, I say respectfully because we all know somebody who does that and doesn't always do it respectfully. I've been guilty of that. Maybe you have too. We cross the line sometimes, so respectfully is a, is a key word. Um, maybe you'll have the opportunity to, or you'll feel like you want to step out. I, I have scared my wife a couple times saying I wanted to step into public office, and she was like, no, you do not. No, you or maybe you'll campaign for a candidate. That's not just for somebody else to do. Maybe God wants you to do it. But the most basic form of participation in our government today is voting. Selecting our government. You get that privilege. You get that opportunity this upcoming Tuesday. See, voting is a simple act, and, but yet it's, it's, it has a significant impact. When we vote, you and I help to determine who will lead our nation. You and I help to determine who will make our laws and who will protect our freedoms. Again, that's why my faith votes. And listen, I know that anytime I preach something like this, there are, there are some individuals, maybe not so vocal this morning, who would say, I, Pastor Freddie, I, I don't even vote because it, I, I don't think it matters. I'm, I'm only just one person. I, I'm getting ahead of myself, but your vote does matter. Your opinion does matter. Remember, when, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. I've been contemplating that because not just the last couple of years, anytime someone is in office that we do not agree with, we have, I know I do, an emotional response. We have attitudes that come up every time there is a policy that affects your wallet. 
Every time there is a policy that affects the morals that you stand on, what you believe as a Christian, we kind of get our feathers ruffled and we, we react in certain ways. And so, you know, we've got to know that, you know, our vote really does matter. Listen, the Bible has many examples of political and spiritual leaders. In ancient Israel, we know that Moses was a, a political leader, but his brother Aaron, he served in the priesthood, and so he was a, more of a spiritual leader. Another example would be Nehemiah in the Old Testament. He was uh, like the governor, and Ezra was the scribe all during that same time. And so God has ordained the, uh, the system of civil government to protect the innocent, and to maintain proper order. And the Christian life carries with it a very, very much a prophetic voice that calls each and every one of us this morning to shine a light into dark places. Did you know when your light shines the brightest, it's when it's darkest? If ever there was a time when you needed to, to shine your light, it is today. You might look at the news and say, man, it, it, things are getting worse and worse. Pastor Freddie, did you see that movie here? Did you hear that news report? Not Probably not likely. I, I don't you know, live my life on the news uh, anymore like I used to. I used to be there all the time. Uh, this you know, news group, that news group, and, and my attitude and my, my, uh, uh, my, my behavior was affected by that. And so I had to balance that out. I don't stick my head in the mud, but at the same time, I don't follow it religiously. Jesus is Lord. Amen? He's most important. But at the same time, God is calling us to shine our light into dark places, and now's the time. Clearly, Christians are to be peaceful. We're to be law-abiding citizens as long as the laws of man don't contradict the laws of God. We are to pray for and honor our government leaders even when it's hard. It's hard sometimes. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Even if you don't like your leader's temperament, while faithfully paying our taxes and working everywhere for the glory of God. Listen, there are also a number of people in the Bible that specifically were called to work for change in their political arena. That includes men and women like Joseph and Deborah and Gideon and Samuel, uh, Nehemiah, Daniel, all kinds of people that worked in that, in that political arena. And in our day and age, there are a number of avenues through which we can change our civil authority but the most important avenue that we can avail ourselves to, that we can participate in, is voting because my faith and your faith votes. See, I still happen to believe this morning that every single vote matters. I didn't know if I was going to be able to say that phrase because you, some of you know what I'm talking about. I still happen to believe that every single vote matters and you can see clearly with the very groups that are, and organizations that are out there that are working to try and protect your vote while there are other groups that are working to undermine and manipulate it, that is the value of your vote. In fact, let me, let me share a little history, history with you because I know in every group there's always one person that says, I'm just one person, Pastor Freddie. What, what does my vote mean? I, like my one vote, what is that gonna do? The power of one vote can be seen in history. In 1776, one vote made English our official language instead of German. One vote. In 1845, one vote kept Andrew Jackson from being impeached. In 1876, one vote made Rutherford B. Hayes our president. And in 1923, one vote gave Hitler leadership of the Nazi party. One vote. 
your vote. One vote matters. See, our God-given privilege of, of voting is something that we should never take for granted, and yet we do sometimes. There are also some biblical principles that I believe that God wants us to support with our vote when it comes to elections, like biblically mandated things like uh, speaking out for, for the life of the innocent, which includes unborn children, confronting all sin and moral decay in our society, defending the poor and the oppressed, working towards the peace and the blessing of Israel. All of those issues can be addressed within the church in some way, especially if we obey the Bible, those things can be addressed. But along with the idea that spiritual and political principles should complement each other, we are missing the boat if we think that God is going to do everything, say everything, whether or not you are involved in the process. We are missing the boat if we think that God is going to do everything, whether or not you and I are involved in the process. Because the Bible says that faith without works is faith without works is dead and talk is cheap. So my faith votes. Remember our first text said that when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. And our second text said that uh, uh, all authorities are appointed by God. And so somebody reading that at first glance might say, how can you reconcile those two things? You know, you know when, when wicked men rule, people groan, all authorities. Are you, are you saying that God puts those people, well, you know, all things work together for good and God uses our vote. And so is God surprised when one party gets in and the other gets booted out? Is God surprised when a wicked leader rules? God is not surprised. I mean, if you actually read the Bible, you'll see over and over again that God chooses to exercise his will through people. That's why we vote. Again, God makes all things work together for good. The truth is that the people of God must be informed. We must be involved in our government and in the process of electing those who govern us. And God uses our vote again to make all things work together for, for good because our faith votes. Some people might try to convince you as a believer, as a, as a Christ follower, to stay out of politics because they say politics is dirty. How many of you would, would agree that politics can be dirty? It is. And yet the world is a dirty place and an evil place, and you and I are called to go where? Into the world. Why? To make a difference. That's why C.S. Lewis described the Christian as a good infection. That sounds morbid. We are to be a good infection, but he also went on to say we are to go to the dirtiest and most sinful places and infect them with God's good. We are to be light that dispels darkness. We are to be salt that preserves and purifies. Our world needs a preservative. Our world needs a light. Yes, we need to do that with our government because when good retreats, guess what takes over? When good retreats, guess what takes over? Bad, evil. In fact, Plato said the penalty that good men pay for not being interested in politics is to be governed by men worse than themselves. Your vote matters. 
Charles Finney said the church must, be, must, uh, must take right ground on, in regards to politics. God will bless or curse the nation according to the political course that Christian take, Christians take. And so that is why our faith votes. And so with that in mind, I want to give you three quick things to remember as we approach this Tuesday. Number one, you have been given the right to vote. And it hasn't come cheap. Listen, as followers of Christ, we have dual citizenship. What do I mean by that? Philippians 3.20 says that our citizenship is in heaven. So if you are a follower of Christ, you are a citizen of heaven because of Jesus. But we know that while we live here on earth, we are also earthly citizens. We are stewards. God has given us a stewardship to keep while we're here. And so, and if we're blessed to be American citizens, our constitution guarantees our right to vote. Honestly, this is a blessing that many of us take for granted. Like I tell you right now, if you talk to someone who's recently become an American citizen, it would open your eyes to hear why they feel our country is a great place to live, or why they feel they had to sacrifice everything to get here. Some of us, we don't understand that. We were born Americans, we're here, we get to vote, we get to keep our houses, we get to keep our money, we get to earn money and keep it, imagine that. They don't do that in some other countries. The money you earn belongs to Big Brother. And I know what some of you are thinking, well, our government keeps a good share of our money too. Yes, they do, but not all of it. Not all of it. And listen, if you don't want it to become all of it, you better vote. That's why my faith votes. You've been given a right to vote. Psalm 33, 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord the people he chose as his inheritance. Part of that blessing, again, is the rights and the freedoms that you and I enjoy as Americans. Those same freedoms are, are maintained and upheld by our right to vote. And remember, people have bled and died for our rights and freedoms that we enjoy today. That is why my faith votes. In fact, Thomas Paine said, those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must, like men, undergo the fatigue of supporting it. Abraham Lincoln said, we the people are the rightful masters of both Congress and the courts, not to overthrow the Constitution, but to overthrow the men who pervert the Constitution. Oh, those are kind of scary words, Pastor Freddie. So how do we undergo the fatigue that Payne mentioned? How do we overthrow men who pervert the Constitution like Lincoln talked about? We do that and more by voting today. Speaking of the courts, uh, we, we know that in the courts, your vote will determine who the justices are and how they interpret our laws. Done rightly, your freedoms are upheld. Done by hidden agenda, we become immoral as a nation. So we need to take that right seriously and participate by voting because my faith votes. Remember, through, through that right, we have a voice and an opportunity to actually be heard. And sometimes we might even get to elect people that embrace the things of God. And so listen, this Tuesday, make sure you exercise that right. You have the right to vote. Number two, you have a responsibility to vote. I know that sounds heavy. That sounds like too much like commitment. But yes, you have a responsibility. When you look at the long-term effect, from even one election, you can see what a great responsibility it is to have the right to vote. Remember, the Bible tells us in Romans 13:1 that all government is established by who? 
God and that we must obey the laws of the land. Unless, of course, like Daniel, they contradict the laws of God. The Bible also tells us that God intends for government to be an agent of justice and that we're to show respect for government, pay our taxes, fulfill our responsibilities as citizens. And so what, uh, when you see what Scripture has to say about good citizens, you can see why Daniel Webster, right, you know, right from here in New Hampshire, said, whatever makes men good Christians makes them good citizens. As a citizen of this great nation and as a child of God, you have a responsibility to get involved. That's why my faith votes. See, I believe we have a duty to make a difference. I mean, I know I sometimes feel like I'm standing in front of a hurricane or a tsunami trying to stop it all by myself. Maybe some of you feel that way too, that with your one vote, what exactly are you going to do? That There's all of this darkness. There's all of this wickedness. But the issue is not if you accomplish your goal of stopping it. It really is whether we tried or not. See, one author wrote it, wrote it this way. There are better men than I who walk this land, men who finish and succeed the things they plan. But when this body wears out and I have died, I'd like to look back and say, I tried. There are men who build and work and succeed, men that earn the glory and honor for their deeds. But though I've worked and bled and died, at least I want to know in the end that I've tried. Some, like Midas, touch all, all they touch turns to gold. Some work, some work will stand forever, uh, I've been told. But though I'm not much and my swath isn't wide, I can look back at my life and say that I tried. Some men build churches and find eternal fame. Some do great work and all men know their name. Your talents may be small next to the one standing by your side, but when the dust has settled, you will be able to say, I tried. This morning, on Tuesday morning, Tuesday, election day, your involvement makes a difference. When we vote, at the very least, we are trying. See, your vote can uh, possibly bring about change uh, in a godly and in a good way. There are plenty of examples in Scripture where when God's people get involved, good change happens. And so as Americans and as Christians today, we have both a right and a responsibility to vote. My faith votes. And lastly, number three, you have a reason to vote. You have a, re a reason to vote. See, voting is one of the ways that we can promote the common good in our community. It's a small but tangible exercise that can lead into even greater involvement in cultivating a just and a merciful society. The early church fathers, they, they publicly spoke out in favor, uh, in favor of marriage against all evils like child abuse and polygamy and abortion. These early leaders who knew a thing or two about persecution and preaching the gospel, they loved their neighbors enough to speak out on political issues in a system that affords them no formal power and voting is another way listen to this voting is another way of telling our neighbors believers and non-believers alike that we are committed to a vision of the God life this morning many of you if you're following Christ you have the God life happening in you and so you get to share your testimony by your vote. You get to, to, to stand on the principles that you come to church for, that you read your Bible for, that you pray for. Those are your principles. Those are your values. Those are who you are. And you get to share that testimony by your vote. 
like we really do care about their, their well-being, your neighbor, even on issues that are secondary to eternal matters. See, politics concerns decisions that contribute to a free society in which people can worship, evangelize, provide food for the hungry, and clothing to the naked, schools for learning and justice for the poor. The last time I preached a variation of this message was right before all of the lockdowns. And so I, at the time, not that I predicted, but at the time I had a sense that at any moment the government could shut us down. At any moment, what you and I enjoyed this morning in worship and in you know, being able to gather here that the government could shut that down. And that is, a, that is a concern of a possible loss of freedom when we don't vote. Our Heavenly Father knows that we need all of those things, worship, evangelism, the provision of food. He knows we need all of those things too. And He uses our actions in the voting booth to help to provide them. My faith votes. Again, our text, Proverbs 29.2 says, when the godly are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked are in power, they groan. We are Christians first, amen? Americans second. In other words, we are subject to divine authority. We answer to God first and foremost. We also look at the world through, through God's eyes, through Jesus' eyes, and we do our best to remember that when we serve in that voting booth, when we you know, vote for any, any individual, we should be serving his agenda and his purposes. Therefore, as we vote, we should seek to elect those who, whose beliefs and morals and values best line up with the word of God. And some of you I know are saying where is that person and it, it just flowed so easily off of your lips Pastor Freddie but where is that person listen no man or woman is perfect let me say that again no man or woman is perfect except for Jesus and we know what they did to him right they crucified him so don't look for a perfect or a flawless man, you won't find one. Do look for a man or a woman of character. Look for an honest person. Look for a Christian if possible. Sadly, many politicians will say one, you know, something that you want to hear. We can actually watch videos at times that, where they are saying one thing and doing another. And so, Pastor Freddie, what do we do with that? What do we, some candidates will slander others. I don't like it. Others will speak the truth boldly and they will be labeled as slanderers when it's not. All it says to me is don't believe everything you hear. Don't believe everything you hear. In fact, give minimal attention to what they say in some of these 30 and 60 second uh, smear ads or what their supporters say. Instead, look for a record. Look for their wet record. Find out what they really stand for, maybe even what they actually did. And so, listen, the key reason that we vote as Christ followers is to be able to bring about an atmosphere and an environment in this nation that honors God and draws us closer to Him not that strips us of our freedoms, not that shuts down the church, not that shuts your voice and says, you know what, we let everyone else speak, but they're Christian, we don't wanna hear them. They're not allowed. And so by your vote, you can affect that. 
You can, listen, please do not say to me this morning, like many have said, when I talk about uh, the issues of, of voting, that, that they are a one-issue voter. Like, there's this one thing, Pastor Freddie, and if, and if that politician doesn't stand for that one thing, I'm not going to vote for them, or, or vice versa, all of these things. And I'm saying, listen, you need to be very careful. As people of faith, we need to be able to stand on the Bible. We need to be able to, to go into that booth and not turn off our faith and not close our eyes to the Bible because when you do that, you are really a contradiction when you worship Jesus on Sunday and vote for a candidate who supports something that God hates. Remember, in our form of government, if you separate God from politics or government, you end up with godless government. Our, our founders, they knew that. Worship team, come. We, we vote to bring about an atmosphere and an environment in this nation that honors God and draws us closer to Him. We should try to elect leaders who feel the same way. That's why my faith votes. Again, don't wait till Tuesday morning. Some of you, maybe I've stirred something in you and you're like, you know what, I, may, I haven't voted in years or it's been a while. Don't wait till Tuesday morning. It's not easy finding the right person to support. But one of, the, one of the, the best things you can do even before doing anything else is pray. Anybody here still believe in the power of prayer? And so I don't know if in your life, in your family life, if you have ever prayed for direction, if you have ever prayed for God to help you make a decision, when you pray, God will help you. When you pray, God will lead you. And so when decisions are hard, when people say one thing and do another, uh, you have to go to the Lord and say, Lord, help me to decipher this. Help me to look through the mud. Help me to, to look through all of the cloudiness of, of all of this and help me to vote the, in the person who best represents you. See, in the late 1800s, Benjamin uh, Disraeli, he said, great nations rise and they fall. The people go from bondage to spiritual truth to great courage and from courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to selfishness, from selfishness to complacency, from complacency to apathy, from apathy to dependence, from dependence back to bondage. And so God help us as this cycle plays itself out. Today, you and I, we need courage. We need courage to vote for liberty. You and I, we need boldness to stand for God here, at home, in our world, but especially on Tuesday when we have an opportunity to vote. Remember, we have a right, a responsibility, and a reason to vote. We should vote uh, in a way that honors God and enlarges His kingdom. And so please pr pray, prepare, participate. And whatever you do, stand for righteousness. Stand with me. Our faith votes. Somebody said it this morning. There's no time anymore for sitting on the sidelines. Your vote matters that much. Uh, again, why do you think there's such manipulation? Why do you think there's such a, a, a kind of a drive and a movement to lessen your vote? Because it matters. 
because what you, do, what you do matters. Your opinion matters. Your choice matters. Let's pray for God's guidance in that. Father, thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. I know this wasn't a, uh, a wildly exciting message, but I do know that, Lord, we honor you when what we say and what we do lines up. I believe that. I believe we honor you. And Lord, as a nation, I believe that you are not done with the United States of America and as churches all over the place, we like to talk about revival and we like to talk about an outpouring of the Spirit and a fresh new move of God. Well, Lord, I believe that if we lose our freedoms and if we are in a place where government has stepped in and, and has kind of... A, 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 taken over to rule with an iron fist that Lord we can lose those freedoms and we can lose those opportunities to experience all that you have and so I pray God that we would stand for righteousness I pray God that we would walk into that booth with confidence knowing Lord that we are your stewards we represent you and we're going to steward that vote to vote for your values as much as possible Help us with that. In Jesus' name, amen.